Hey, thanks for tuning into our podcast today. My name is Derek Puckett. I'm the lead pastor at Renewal Church of Chicago. If you want to know more information about us, you can head to our website at RenewalChicago.com. I pray today that this message is a blessing and an encouragement to your soul. Well, family, as we, we get into our time this morning, uh, by way of the scripture, in light of everything that happened this past week uh, with the presidential election and everything that's happening in our country, I want to kind of pivot away from our, our, our moment series for a week. And that moment series has been amazing. I pray that you've enjoyed it. It's been challenging to you. Um, if you've missed a week, go back and, and check it out this week uh, so you can catch up with us because we'll be back in it next week. Uh, but this week, we're going to pivot away, and, and we did so in the week in midweek worship, too. If you missed that, go, go check it out. Myself and Pastor Steve talking about politics and the presidential election and everything that's going on. Now we as Christians walk through that. But today, I want to further kind of help us navigate through this fog, if you want to say, it, it, with, with this past chaotic election and possibly you know, one of the most polarizing, if not the most polarizing election of all time, all the unrest in our country. I, I want to pivot away, and I want to, I want to step into that moment and speak briefly to this season, because I think many of us, if not all of us, have gotten a bit off track a little bit. We've gotten a bit off track. We've gotten lost in the midst of the season. We've gotten lost in the midst of politics. So I want to step into that with us and help, help us navigate, if you want to say, a little bit through this fogginess. So I, I want you to follow with me today. And what I want to get at is that many times that when we're thinking through our lens or the lens of our political perspective, we, we miss the whole message and desire that, that Jesus had for his people, which is oneness. And instead, we actually become more divided. Our politics begin to drive our lives. Our politics begin to drive our lives. Instead of us working together to see a better nation, we become torn apart over issues that aren't even salvific or necessary for salvation, which is what we have seen over this past year and even the last four years in many respects for most of us. And see, here's the argument I want to make in my short amount of time today. I, I, I won't hold you long, but the argument I want to make is that, y'all, we put too much hope in our politicians. Way too much hope in our politicians. We want them to stop the murder rate. We want them to provide better schools. We want them to stop gentrifying neighborhoods and do community development. We, we want them to change the city's budget and get it back in order. And hear me, hear me clearly. They should be doing all of those things. But what I'm trying to get at is that our hope should never live or die off of our politicians' choices. As believers and church leaders, our hope has to lie in Jesus. And, and, and I'm not saying anything that some of you may not know. You already know. You, I may be preaching to the choir a little bit with that. But here's the problem. We forget that time and time again. We forget it over and over again. And the reason I say this is because if we really believe that our hope rested and lied in Jesus, solely in Jesus, then we would be able to struggle with one another through our differences. We would understand what it means to struggle through the tensions of our political differences where somebody can come from the whole other sides of the track, be Democratic or a, a, Republic, a Republican, and they can come together and struggle with one another instead of villainize each other because their identity is not in 
in their party, but their identity is in Jesus. See, at the end of the day, part of the problem we're experiencing in society with all the division and the hatred over this political, uh, uh, this process, this presidential election, or even what the mayor does in our city is because, hear me, I, I believe non-believer and believers have suffered from what I like to call an identity crisis. See, if we really know Jesus, like we believe in Jesus, uh, we're solely founded in Jesus, our identity is in Jesus, then you would know, you would pay attention to who Jesus intentionally hung out with. Jesus had a prostitute that saved, that he saved and, and rolled with him, rolled it in the crew. Then, then he had a tax collector, one of the most hated People in society rolling with him, but then he had fishermen who were considered the bottom of the barrel in society rolling with him who were getting their money cheated, cheated out of them by the same tax collector that's rolling with them. Jesus is rolling with these guys, all different people from different backgrounds, but he managed to change the world with these different people from different backgrounds. And the question that should be in your head is, well, how in the world did Jesus do that? And hear me, it's not because he was Jesus. Because he was intentional. He was intentional. So if you've got a Bible, go ahead and meet me quickly in John chapter 17. We're just going to read one verse today, and I just implore you to go back and read that whole prayer in the Garden of Gethsemane in John chapter 17. We're going to read verse 11 together. So if you've got a Bible and you're already there, go ahead and say, got it. If you're in a watch party or on the chat, just write that deal. If you are willing and able, go ahead and stand as we read this one verse together. Uh, the text reads, verse 11, says, And I am no longer in the world, but they are in the world, and I am coming to you, Holy Father, keep them in your name, which you have given me, that they may be one even as we are one very words of God, amen. Today I want to preach on the topic simply, a way forward. A way forward. Let's pray. Father God, thank you so much for who you are. God, I pray that as we enter a time, as we're walking through your word, uh, would you be lifted up? So I pray each week, hide me behind your cross so that folks will see you and not me. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. Oh, you are my Lord and my Redeemer, my everything, God. We thank you for this time. It's in your name we all said together. Amen. Amen. One of the movies that I was on the edge of my seat ready for it to come out in 2016 was the Marvel movie Civil War. How many of y'all like Marvel movies? Y'all remember this movie uh, Civil War? In Civil War, it, it, you got my man Captain America and you got Iron Man. They go at it in the movie. And, and you know, throughout all the Avenger movies, they're, they're always bickering and battling each other, going back and forth, A-type mentalities. I'm the leader, you're the leader, and they're going back. But this movie's a little bit different. 
In this movie, the Avengers, they're sat down by the authorities and said, y'all need to sit down for a little bit. You're causing too much chaos because what's happening as they're going out on their missions trying to save the world, they're saving the world. But in the process, they're literally killing hundreds and thousands of people because of their tactics. So they're told to sit down. Now, now the problem occurs within the film because my man, Captain America and Iron Man are trying to figure out, are they going to obey, abide by the rules or are they not? And Captain, Captain America is like, look, look, I'm Captain America. And um, I think if we're out in the world, it's going to be safer if we're fighting for justice. If we're fighting against the bad guys. If we go out there, it's going to be safer for the world. And he's like, no, I'm going to go out there. and I got to save my friend Bucky, too. We got to go out there and we got to fight. And 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 so Captain America says it's safer if we're out in the world. But then on the other hand, you got my man, Iron Man, who's like, well, well, well it, I think we need to abide by the rules. We, we need to listen to the authorities. We need to sit down and stay put. Um, that's going to be safer for the world. Now, notice both of them are thinking what they're doing is safer for the world. They believe the same thing, but because they're going about it different ways, this causes this crazy, huge chasm in the middle of the Avengers. And now you got uh, a, a Captain America team and you got an Iron Man team. And because of this chasm, there breaks out this huge civil war between the two of them, Iron Man's team and Captain America's team. Now, now here's the thing, because you might have missed it. You may you might not have caught it. They both have valid reasons for going about this thing the way that they're going about it. But and they both want the same thing. <laughs> it's kind of wild. They have valid reasons for why they're going about it. They both want to achieve the same thing, which is a safer world, but they end up fighting about how to do it. They want the same thing, but they divide over subtle differences, but want the same thing. They're not able to work through the tension of their differences, but they can't put themselves to the side. Instead, their egos rise up within them. And once friends are, and colleagues are now enemies and they're fighting each other and will never be the same again. Mm. F- family, here's the point. I-, I think we can all agree. I-, I think deep down within our hearts, when it comes to politics and our concern with politics at the beginning, when we start to be concerned with it, whether you're Democratic or uh, you're a Republican or, or you are uh, black, white, Asian, Latino, I, I think at the beginning of the day, we can say that our concern with politics has to do with a, a, a better world, a better America. You may not believe everybody when they say that, but when we start out, that's, that's probably, if it's genuine, that, that's where we are. It's a better America. But sadly, here's the thing. In seeking to to see our goal, a better America, there has become or there's this massive chasm that has been created amongst people where it's no longer about a better America. Nope, nope, nope. But instead, it's about who's right and who's wrong. It's about my well-being versus your well-being. It's about getting what I want for myself It's about which side are you on or one being better than the other. And sadly, y'all, the church has been right up at the front of this divide. And the truth is, when we look at this scripture we're diving in today, the political divide is diametrically opposed to what Jesus prays for, for his followers right here in this text. Y'all, Jesus prays for oneness. 
Oneness. That's the way forward. Oneness. So y'all, y'all stick with me. I promise I'm coming to your neighborhood as we get into this passage, y'all. Jesus here in the passage, he, he's nearing the crucifixion, and we see him kneel down in the Garden of Gethsemane to pray, and he's with his boys, the three that are closest to him, John, James, and, and Peter, and they're falling asleep, in and out of sleep as Jesus is praying in the Garden of Gethsemane. And, and as you read this prayer in John chapter 17, you feel the anxiety. You feel the pain and even the struggle with what Jesus is about to have to undergo. But all the, out of all the things Jesus could be praying for right now, he could be saying, Father, yo, I, I need somebody else to die. This, I, I didn't come here to do this. I'm not trying to die. I don't want to do that. I mean, y'all, I'm going to be honest. If, if, if this is me... <laughs> Y'all better be thankful I'm not Jesus. I know I'm pastor, but I ain't Jesus. I don't know if I could sit there and, and, and not be like, God, I, ain't, I need somebody else to be on that cross. It's not me. I, I, I'm a good guy. I don't know if I'm that good. But I'm thankful for Jesus because when you read this prayer, he doesn't pray that. The thing about it is that, that's mind-boggling is that Jesus prays for oneness in here. He says, Father, let them be one like you and I are one. And it, and it, and it messes with your mind because why in the world, out of all things that Jesus could be praying for, why would he say that? Jesus is saying when he's praying this that as he walks through, he said, they believe because through my words and through my works, they've come to know that I am God. And, and, and here's the truth. This is where it, it comes home for us a little bit as if we're believers, because if we call Jesus Lord and Savior, then, then we understand that Jesus is God. This makes sense because we believe the same way. But the question still lingers. Why would he ask for them or even us to follow him to be one? He answers this question in verse 20 and 21 when he says these words, look at him. He says, I do not ask for these only. Don't miss this. He says, I do not ask for these only, but also for those who will believe in me through their word. That they may all be one, just as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. Don't miss that. See, if you haven't caught it, Jesus is asking for oneness because through oneness, people will come to know God. That's good. Now, now hear me. Oneness does not equal uniformity. Oneness does not equal uniformity, which means you don't have to lose who you are to actually achieve oneness. But oneness requires us being able to struggle through our differences together in order to point people to God. Jesus modeled it with his father and he lives in community with the Trinity. He he also hung with a group of dudes, as I told you before, from all different walks of life. And I can imagine them fighting and bickering all the time, just like Iron Man and my man, Captain America. But they came together not over politics. They came together not over their race. They came together not over socioeconomics, but they came together working through their differences for the sake of the gospel. Which is why you can have Christians in every shape, color, size all over the world. 
So we see Jesus here in this passage pray for oneness because striving for oneness, don't miss this, is a mark of a true believer. Hear, hear me, when, when, when people see folks coming together from all different walks of life in a divided America, they, they start scratching their heads like, uh, there's something different about that. When people see a black guy getting along with a white police officer as his buddy, they start scratching their heads and saying, man, they're, they're, there's something different about this. When, when people see churches coming together from all different, uh, different races and demographics, black, white, Asian, Latino, all coming together for a city to be better, like you're, kinda, like you're seeing in the Chicago Partnership right here, when they start seeing that, they say, man, th- th- there's something different about that. When people see diehard Republicans and diehard Democrats coming together, putting their differences to the side, friends, people are shaking their heads like, oh, my gosh, there's there's something different about that. And you know the difference that they're seeing? Instead of division, they're seeing oneness. And by seeing oneness, inevitably, it makes no sense to them, and it points them to something greater than what they can make up in their own minds or make sense of. And, and what it's doing is pointing them to God. Oneness. Now, hear me. This is hard. This is hard, because if it wasn't, if it was easy, we wouldn't be talking about it right now. We wouldn't be in the state that our country's in right now. But see, here's the truth. Believers can wrestle with all that happens in society, with all the mess and the political division and racism. We can wrestle with all of that because we know how the story ends. As believers, we know how the story ends. See, a believer's hope doesn't die with the president or or the city's leader's choices. No, 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 it doesn't die with them. No, the believer's hope rests in the finished work of Jesus Christ, which tells us that that, that this world ain't getting no better. It's not getting better. In, In fact, it's actually getting worse. But ah, there's a day coming where Jesus will step out of heaven once more and he will come back and he will usher in a new kingdom and he will gather all of us believe black white asian latino the democrat and the republican and we will be called to him and we will be with him forever and ever and ever in heaven that's a day to look forward to but until that day believers need to strive for oneness amongst each other because when christ comes back y'all he don't care which political party you were part of he going to say, oh, were well, you a Democrat or you a Republican? No, he's not going to ask you those questions, but you know what he's going to ask? You know what he's going to be concerned with? Did you love me? Did you love God? And did you love your neighbor? That's what God is going to care about. That's what he cares about right now. And friends, I'm not just saying this, y'all. I'm not just saying this to, to preach to you. You know, this is part of my story. And some of you know a little bit about my story. But if it had not been 
for this white guy by the name of AJ who came from the whole other sides of the track, a, a wealthy neighborhood, a guy who had nothing really in common with me, but saw me, this wayward young kid, about 12 years old, coming from product of divorced parents. I'm wandering through life aimlessly, mad at the world. If he hadn't saw me and took me in and took me under his wing and started to mentor me, make sure I'm involved with sports, make sure I'm fed before and after practices many days. If he hadn't pulled me in close to him, y'all, I wouldn't be a pastor today. Might be sadly just another statistic. And don't please don't hear me saying that some some white savior mentality or something like that. If he hadn't saved me, I wouldn't have made it as a black man. That ain't what I'm trying to say to you. No, this man was intentional. He could have been black, Latino. It doesn't matter. He was intentional. He saw me. He didn't have to step in my life, but he chose to step over that line. He crossed it and entered into my life. And here I am. Y'all, y'all, y'all hear me. I'm pretty sure <laughs> there were many days where AJ was like, man, I'm, I'm done with these. This dude flaked out on me again. He has no idea the sacrifices that I'm making on his behalf. And here's the truth, family. I didn't. And much of the time growing up, I didn't know this, but he had MS. He had multiple sclerosis. His body is literally deteriorating as he's giving more of himself to me, pouring into me. But he never gave up. And here I am. Friends, hear me. True community, true oneness, it takes some long suffering. It's not always easy. Remember this the next time your friend or your parent or your spouse or your church, your president, remember this the next time they, they let you down. Don't give up. AJ didn't give up on me. Jesus didn't give up on the disciples. And here we are. Let me ask you, who are you persevering with? Who are you walking alongside of through the good and the bad? Are you really seeking to be one with others? Jesus, in this passage, he prayed and he called believers to be one in order to spread the gospel. So I ask you a different way. Are you with him? He didn't pray for the world to be one. He prayed for his followers to be one so the world can see. Are you with him? I'm not asking you to be with me. I'm asking you, are you with him? Friends, it's really easy for us to become enamored with what makes us feel good or the political party we've always been associated with or our families always always been associated with. But I really believe if, if, we, 
if we just looked at, at this political race and if we asked, did I get out of it what, what was good for me or what I wanted to see, then we would have, we definitely have missed Jesus. We've missed Jesus and we definitely missed the premise of Jesus' prayer here in the text. But hear me, if we think through our politics from here on forward with the thought of how does this affect my brother? How does this affect my sister? Then I believe we will not only see a voting system with, filled with people with right motivations, but in turn we'll see a major shift in our world, in our economy, because instead of focusing on ourselves, we slow down and we ask the question, how does this affect my neighbor? See, true oneness and change is found by seeking the betterment of someone else. That that was Jesus' vision. And y'all, it never involved a political party. Let me say that again. It never involved a political party. I mean, your Christianity is not determined by how you vote, but instead by how you love God and your neighbor. So family, we, we move forward by striving for oneness, not our rights, not what feels good to us, but oneness, which may not look like what's in your best interest, but it may be in the interest of another person. Nobody has won this election because your candidate won. No, no, you didn't win because your candidate won. And his lost or hers lost. No, Christians win by striving with one another as Jesus called us in order to show a watching world what true oneness really looks like. I need y'all to hear this. Hear me. We win when our dinner tables change. We win when we hurt for those that are different than us. We win when we fight for and we care for those that are marginalized, the poor, the disenfranchised, the poor, the people that are on the sidelines. We win when we stand on those lines and we fight for justice. This is what Jesus did when he died for sinners like you and me, people who had nothing in common with him. We were different from him and he calls us to do the same. One can't truly love God and not love their neighbor. So again, let's strive for oneness. Now I know someone's asking, Pastor D, I'm with you. Y'all up in my neighborhood right now in my kitchen. Where do I start? Hear me. Let me help you. Don't make it rocket science. Don't make it rocket science. Jesus didn't, so we shouldn't. All Jesus did is he hung out with 12 guys on a day-to-day basis, and he shared his life with them. Their lives were changed. They went out and changed the whole world. It wasn't rocket science. He hung out with them, and he shared his life. So hear me, hear me. An easy thing to ask is, how can I diversify my dinner table? How can I let people into this intimate space with me, invite folks in and and, and have dinner with them, have table talk? Now, I know we're in a pandemic and you like, well, Pastor, ain't letting nobody up in my house. But look, I guarantee some of y'all been Zooming people while you're sitting at a dinner table. Zoom somebody you don't normally Zoom. 
Have a conversation with them. Make a plan that when this thing loosens up, we're going to go out. We're going to eat together. We're going to invite people into these spaces instead of eating with the people that I always eat with, eating with the people I always vote with, eating with the people that are just like me. No, no, eat with somebody that's different. Do life with somebody that's different than you. The second thing, again, it's not rock and science, is, is learn to listen. Learn to listen and, and, and don't just listen to the words that are coming out of somebody's mouth. Listen beneath the words to get to their heart, to, to hear their emotions, their feelings towards something and how they came to where they are. Listen to them. Put your presuppositions to the side. Check them at the door and step into a space where you may be hurt by some of the things that you hear, but listen to it. Get to know somebody. Slip on their boots instead of your own shoes all the time. Family, like Jesus, we achieve oneness when we live intentionally and we cross barriers that God never put up between us. Now we cross those lines and we seek to have a little peace of heaven here on earth. Friends, hear me. In the wake of 2020, everything that's gone on, Church, I really believe, has the chance to step up. Got a chance to be the church that Jesus has called us to be. So I end with that same question. Are you with Jesus? Friends, let's strive for oneness together. Let's strive for oneness. Amen. Let's pray. Father, God, thank you. Thank you for dying for us. Thank you for all that you accomplished on the cross. Thank you for calling us to a higher calling than what we see in this world and the the division and the divisive rhetoric, all the things that are floating around us, God. Thank you that our hope is not resting in a presidential election, but our hope is in you, Jesus. But let our hope have action, God. And the action that I see biblically is you call us to oneness, which means that we strive through the differences, keeping Jesus central, looking to you. God, let us do that and let us show the world something new. Something different, sadly, that they haven't seen, but, but the intentional purpose that you have from us from the beginning to the end. God, let them, let them see the oneness, and through that, God, I pray revival breaks out in our land. I pray that many will come to know you until that day you come to call us all home. So, God, if we need to repent right now, because of how wrapped up we got up in all this mess. God, I pray that folks would say, God, this is, I'm here. I'm, I'm bringing, I'm coming back. I'm trusting you with all that I have. If there's someone listening that never has given their life to you, Lord, I pray that as this message has gone on, that, that you've been pricking and you've been pulling at their hearts where they're at the place where they can say, I confess with my mouth and I believe in my heart that Jesus Christ is Lord. Your word tells us in Romans that they say those words they shall be saved. So God, we thank you. We give you all praise and all glory. 
It's in the mighty and matchless name of Jesus. We all sit together. Amen. Thanks again for tuning into our podcast today. I pray that it was a blessing and an encouragement to your soul. I look to see you at one of our services at 930 or 11 a.m. on Sunday morning. Take care. God bless you.